for this city in which we live, in which we move, Lord. We thank you that you have many people in this city that you have called us to reach. Lord, what an honor it is to serve you. What an honor it is to go out into the highways and the byways of life and meet people that you want to speak to. Father, we thank you today as we hear your word that you would plant it as seed in our hearts, that it would grow, that it would find good soil, and it would produce that great harvest for which you have sent it, that it wouldn't return to you void without accomplishing that for which you have sent it. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give him a shout again. Woo! You may be seated. Oh, what a fantastic week we've had. Do you know, it was um, an amazing service last Sunday. Um, if you were here, you would have seen that Pastor Ray uh, set Faye and myself in as lead pastors here at the church. And um, woo! Yeah, let's give Jesus praise. Fantastic. We're so excited. And um, we just want to thank you for um, your encouragement. You know, because it's deep water here. Believe me, it is deep water. And I'm swimming for my life. But um, Jesus is my life jacket. He's so good. And, uh, but look, we just really want to thank you for the encouraging comments that, um, that have come forward to us, the texts, the visits to the house. We really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. And, um, you know, we just want to do our best that we can do with you to lift Jesus up in this place, to magnify him. That this would be a city on a hill, in a dark city, that it would draw attention to Christ as our Savior and as our Lord and nobody else. Simple plan. That's what we want to achieve together. And hopefully we'll be, we'll, we'll be able to do that. Amen. Well, this morning, you know, I've just, been, I've just been praying and asking the Lord how to, you know, sort of direct our thoughts this, this morning. And my mind began to think about, you know, how Jesus never saw people and their needs as an interruption. When you, when you look through the Bible, when you look through the Gospels, you see Jesus on a mission. You see Jesus, a man who is completely focused and determined about the mission that he's on. And Jesus, when you look, he's all about people. He's interested in people. He's meeting people. He's going into their lives. And you see, on one hand, a huge mountain of need. You see a huge mountain of chaos that, that Jesus is moving towards. But he goes towards that mountain with the love of God and the power of the Spirit on his life. And, and, and one by one, he meets people in the needs and in the predicaments of life that they're in. And he resolves their issues. But what I see when I look into the Gospels and when I look at Jesus' life and when you follow him down the road of life, you see that he never saw people as an interruption. He never saw people as an inconvenience. But the people that he met, he saw as an invitation He recognized people as an invitation, not as 
an interruption. And I think, you know, it's very simple as, as believers, as Christians. You know, sometimes we can, we can have so many things that we, we want to do with our lives. We can have so many, you know, extracurricular activities that can't be touched. And very often, you know, when we've got lots of things happening in, in our lives and in our families, which we all have, many times, you know, when the needs come, when the, the, the divine appointments come in life that God is setting up for us, very often sometimes we can see them as an inconvenience, not an invitation. But Jesus wants to, us to recognize afresh the people that he's bringing to us. The people that, that he's surrounding us with. And he doesn't want us to see them as an inconvenience because we're preoccupied with doing something else or achieving something else. But he really does want us to see people as they are. An invitation so that he can pour his blessing through us into them. You know, I was, just, I was, I was in my van just a few weeks ago. And uh, I'd been chatting with this one particular guy for a few weeks. And um, he, he's a drug addict. He's, he's on heroin. And he's, he's in a bad way. You can see that on his body. He's lost weight. You know, um, there's a greater craving for heroin than there is for food. You can see just by the way he's dressed, it's, it's making demands on his finances. And he's involved in all kinds of things, all kinds of crime to now feed the addiction that he has no control over. And, um, you know, I've been chatting with this guy and befriending him. And I was in my van and I had an appointment to go to. And I, I started the van and I was just about to pull off. And he walked up by the side of the van and looked and smiled. Wound the window down. And I began to speak to him. And I said, let's call him Steve. I said, Steve, how's it going? Now the clock's ticking because I need to get to my appointment. I need to go and do what I have arranged to do on that day. But Steve comes up and the appointment has to go on hold. Why? Because God is setting up an invitation for me to enter into somebody's life, to, to, to bring his love, to bring his care, to bring light and hope into this man's life. Wind the window down. Steve, how's it going? And he says, oh, it's all right. You know, it's okay. I said, mate, I said, you know what? You are not, and I looked him in the eye and I took hold of his hand. I said, you are not going to be on heroin for the rest of your life. And I could see those words penetrate from the exterior and trickle down into, into a dark, murky soul that had no hope in it. And immediately he started to cry. He said, Dave, he said, do you know what? My life is in such a mess. I've got no hope. I've got no future. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. And I said to him, I said, Steve, listen, mate. I said, if Jesus can save somebody like me, he's going to save you. And I began to talk to him. I didn't realize that the Holy Spirit was setting this up, that the Holy Spirit was going to begin to talk a language to this man that he could really understand. I said, Steve, it's a bit like this. My life was like a derelict house that nobody wanted to buy. 
The windows were kicked in. The front door was hanging off the hinges. There was a leaky roof. In fact, the back of the roof, there wasn't one. The ceilings were falling in. There was leaks everywhere. There was no hope. People walked past the derelict house, Steve, and they said, man, I'd never buy that plot. It's a disaster. It's a wreck. I said, but then one day, Steve, you see, simple language. He didn't need theology. He didn't need, you know, Bible verse quotes. That would have been irrelevant to him. But the Spirit, right there at that point, began to talk a language that Steve could understand. I said, Steve, I said, one day Jesus turns up at the plot that nobody wanted. Jesus saw the derelict house with the windows kicked in, no roof on, leaks everywhere, walls falling down and crumbling. And he said, wow, what an attractive proposition. And I said, you know what, Steve? He bought the plot and he bought the house. And I said, everything didn't come right, Steve. At the first moment that he bought it, I said he bought it and then walked off. And he said, I'll return to that when I decide. And I said, little by little, Steve, he's been bringing all of his investment, all of the materials, all of, all of the necessaries to make the house what it needs to be. Steve, there's still a, there's still a leaky roof here. I'm still a work in progress, Steve. I said, but Jesus is helping me put the front door on, put a new kitchen in, put stairs on, a, on a, uh, put, put carpet up a bare stairs, and he's making it habitable, Steve. Do you know what? He looked at me and he said, I really understand what you're saying because I'm a builder, you see. I'm a builder. You see, the Holy Ghost will give you the words that you need to say in the time that you need them. Jesus said that. Don't try and rehearse what what you have to say for, for next week. You'll never do it. But he will give you the words that you need to speak when you need to speak them. It'll just come up out of you like a river. You don't need to go to Bible school. You don't need to read uh, theological books. You just need the Holy Spirit to live inside you and to speak out of you and recognize the invitations and ignore the interruptions. That man wasn't an, an, an interruption to me. That man was a precious invitation. I grabbed his hand. I said, come on, mate, on Lower Dock Street. I've done it lots of times over the years. I said, we are going to pray right now and we're going to ask Jesus to come into your house. We're going to pray right now and we're going to ask him to put a door on the front of the house, put some windows in, start building a roof. And we prayed. And do you know what? He went away with a new resolve. He said, I am going to check in to that rehab unit and I'm going to get free of drugs. I'm going to get free of drugs. I tell you now, Jesus is awesome. He's amazing. He is wonderful. And do you know, I, as I look at Jesus, I don't know about you, but I want to follow his example. I really do. I want to be a person that goes out into my world listening for and looking for the invitations that are coming my way. Can I say this? Last week was full of invitations. Maybe we didn't recognize them. Maybe uh, we were too preoccupied with other important things. 
And that's okay. Your life can't just go totally on hold, you know, and, and you, 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 you fail to do the things that you're responsible for because you've got to respond to a huge wide need. God doesn't expect that. But what I am saying is this. There are invitations in our day, in each one of our day, that are calling to us, that are drawing us. Jesus said to his disciples, he said, the harvest is white. The harvest is huge. The harvest is massive. There's never been a problem with the harvest. It's the laborers that are few. It's the laborers, those that are recognizing the invitation from the harvest, the call from the harvest, they're few. He wants us to see and hear and listen for those invitations that are coming our way. You say, well, well, how? How do I recognize an invitation? Well, it could be this kind of call for you. You could go into work tomorrow and just ask a person, a colleague that you're working with. You could say to them, well, how's your weekend gone? And they could, they, they could just begin to unpack very slowly and very minutely an issue to you. That's the invitation in. Why are they saying it to you? Why? Why are they saying it to you and not to another? I'll tell you why. Because they are giving you an invitation, whether they recognize it or not. They are giving you an invitation in to their lives so that you can bring peace, comfort, wholeness, and blessing to them. And it may be, you know, over many years. Sometimes I've had invitations into people's lives and they've not prayed a prayer with me for maybe five, six, seven years on. But I just kept going and kept ministering and just kept being that encouraging voice, that positive voice to them throughout the years. And then suddenly they come alive, the moment's there, and they receive Christ. I believe that for all of us, those opportunities are there. Those opportunities of life where people are inviting you in to their lives. Now, I want to just... Read from Luke chapter 4 this morning. Jesus is preaching his first sermon. Luke chapter 4. And what a sermon it is. And uh, here, what Jesus is doing is uh, he's preaching in Nazareth, his hometown. And basically, I see it like this. He's he's, He's opening up his diary. That's what he's doing. To a very religious strict group of people that had isolated the majority to be very comfortable and religiously exclusive as a minority. So Jesus opens up his diary and he tells the people, his home crowd, where he's going to be for the next three years of his life. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And stood up to read. He was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all 
uh, and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Incredible words from Jesus, an open diary, a very specific plan and purpose that he was not going to be deterred from. The, the, the setting that he was in on that morning was very exclusive. They had, they had no desire or heart to reach the poor. As a, as a group of people in that synagogue, they had no desire or heart to reach the brokenhearted. They wanted those people outside. Their laws and their ceremonies excluded the people that were on Jesus' heart. And yet Jesus comes uh, as he's handed the book of Isaiah, he opens it and he begins to read. I think it's from chapter 61. He begins to unpack his heart's desire, the reason for which he came into the world to seek and save the lost. There are people all around us. You see, the mandate for the church is still the same. It hasn't changed. It really hasn't. The mandate, the heart of God, is still the same as it's always been. God, by his spirit, wants to anoint you and me and send us forth into our days and into our weeks to reach those who are poor, to reach those who are, who, who, who are captive, to reach the brokenhearted, to reach the lowly and the destitute and those that are on the fringe. If that, if that purpose doesn't excite you, if that purpose doesn't break your heart, then you need to go to God afresh and say, Lord, let me have your heart, the same heart that Jesus had as he walked this earth. You see, when you get involved and when you, when you get invited into somebody's life, you know as well as I do, it's going to take time. It's going to take investment. It's going to take energy. It will be inconvenient. It will cross your purpose. It will cut across your plans. But oh, the joy of being invited into somebody's life. Oh, the joy of being able to be kind to somebody that needs an encouraging word. Oh, what a joy it is to, to, to give of your, of your substance to people that need help. Remember receiving a call. You see, sometimes this invitation will be a dis distressing invitation. Lots of times we think about invitations as being pleasant things. You know, we invite somebody to our home and those who are coming to our home are excited about coming. You're excited about receiving them. But I'm not talking necessarily just about an exciting invitation. Most of the invitations that I've had that I've responded to have been deeply distressing ones. Remember receiving a call one night? We're having a nice family time. Great. It's lovely to have nice family times. It's great to be blessed with a great family. It really is. It's great to enjoy your children, to enjoy your married life together. But you know, me and Faye decided a long time ago, we're not just going to be, you know, this nine to five family that's, you know, sort of very, you know, stuck within our four walls. 
We want the heart of God to break into our home. We want our doors open. And we decided many years ago to do that. We really did. And I received this call, this invitation that was very distressing one evening. It was from a young guy who, you know, had a lot of, lot of problems in his life. And he was in the, he was in the Gwent Hospital. And you know, sometimes the reason why people have chaos in their lives is because of where they've come from. See, these religious people that Jesus was speaking to on that particular day, they looked down on the, on the poor and on the weak and on the downtrodden from their position of strength. But Jesus could see into the reason why the people were poor, you see. And that's what broke his heart. That's what gave him such a determination and resolve to go and meet them. So there's always a reason why people are facing the chaos that they face. And I got this call and um, a friend said, hey Dave, I'm in the Gwent. I said, what are you doing in the Gwent? He said, well, he said, it's a bit of a story. But what I need is 20 fags. Can you bring him down for me straight away? Now, we're having a nice family time. We're enjoying our kids. We're, you know, eating pizza and doing the rest of everything else that families do on a Saturday night. That could easily be an interruption, an inconvenience, or it can be taken hold of as an invitation. I said, you need 20 fags, do you? Yeah, he said. I said, what's been happening? He said, well, he said, last night, he said, I was gang raped. He said, and a steel bar was forced up my rear passage. He said, I've been bleeding internally. Surgeons have been working on me. He said, I need 20 fags. I said, buddy, you need 20 fags, and I'm going to go and get them for you. You see, sometimes the invitation is very distressing. Sometimes the distressing signals that people give off, the distressing invitations that interrupt your life and come into your nice home like it did us, is either going to be an opportunity for you to go and reach a person that nobody else wants to touch or nobody else wants to reach. Or, it's, or you're going to move on by, say, sorry, bud, really busy tonight. It's been a busy week. And you can unfurl all the excuses like we, like we all can. I said, buddy, I'm coming. I'm coming. But I'm going to the shop first to get your 20 fags because you need them. Do you know, as I, as I um, drove in the car, oh, do me a favor, don't tell anybody I bought 20 fags because I'm a pastor. <laughs> just keep it, keep it quiet. Keep it quiet, just between us. I know it won't go any further. I really do. It's just between us. But you know what, right? As I was going in the car, I thought, He could have phoned anybody, but
but he phoned me. He phoned me. Thank you for phoning me. Thank you for inviting me. When you're at your lowest, where you're broken and smashed by life, you've been raped and your dignity has been taken away, and you have been the butt of people's jokes as you were bleeding on the floor, you thought of me to come to your age. You thought of me to come to your rescue. Distressing signals, distressing invitations. But as you and I walk through life, as you and I go into our office, into our workplace, as you and I just, you know, speak to our neighbors, those invitations we're going to be more and more aware of. We really are. And, and the Holy Spirit, I know, you know, we could, we, we could go around this room this morning and, you know, each and every one of us could, could tell stories like that. Where we, where we have helped people, where we've been involved with people, where, you know, we have gone to their aid. And where we've been, the person that Jesus wants us to be to them. We've, we've seen the invite and we've responded to the invite. We've ignored the fact that it's inconvenient and we've responded and we've seized the invitation and, and God has done what he's done through us. What a joy that is. There's stories all over this place where we've done that. But afresh today, I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to revisit this. I believe that the Holy Spirit wants us to revisit this in the, in, in the Gospels as we look at Jesus' life. Over the next few weeks, we will see how he immersed himself in people's problems. You see, Jesus never passed a sick person without reaching out a hand to heal them. He couldn't just walk by if somebody was, uh, you know, mentally struggling with, with darkness and demonic problems without expelling it. He always sought to help, to heal, to save, to deliver. And I'm, I'm just saying this to you today, not so that you feel, oh man, we, 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 we've got to get out there now and win Newport. No. I'm just saying to you today that God is going to, by his spirit, is going to make you aware of all the invitations in your week. Because there are many. There are many. If you go from this place this morning and remember nothing else than this, that there are so many invitations for you as a person in your week. You know, sometimes people complain, I don't get invited to anything. They're doing that over there. They haven't invited me. I wish I was invited. You're getting invitations all day long from people, maybe not from the people that you want to get invites from, but you are getting invites all day long from people that need you, from people that just need an encouraging word. A remark, an action, practical help, whatever it is. I was talking to Dave Jeans this morning. It's funny, you know. The people that God sends to you to just tell you about their week. And Dave was telling me about his week. He said, oh, you know, he said, there's a, there's a lady in, in our street and they had a bit of a plumbing crisis this week. And uh, she came to me and she said, Dave, please come and help. We've got a leak. We've got a, we've got a problem with the plumbing. 
And she began, she, you know, she was panicking. Dave didn't turn around to her and say, well, sorry, I've got all of this on. And he had a, he had a week stacked full of things. But he saw that as an invitation to help that lady. He fixed her plumbing. He went down the shop in his car and got the, the necessaries to help her. And then he was, he was helping her plan to get new units. And he said, listen, when, you've, when, when, when you need units, if you need transportation and help to get those units from B&Q, I'll get them. What is that? That's a man with a good heart. That's a man just like Jesus in Acts 10.38, where it said he went about doing good. He went about doing good. Sometimes we get all, you know, messed up and we, we think, oh, we've got to be anointed and we've got to, you know, we've got to have this, you know, super spiritual life where we're doing miracles. Fantastic. I'm in for all of that. But I'll tell you, let's start by doing good first. Just like Jesus, just like Dave. When about doing good? Healing all that were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Jesus did the big things and the small things. I'm going to ask the band just to come up. We're going to just close just in a moment. Have you received that this morning? Be blessed. Come on, let's give Jesus praise for his word this morning. And listen, just recognize. Recognize those invitations this week. Recognize them because they're going to be there. They're going to be there. They really are. Jesus said, be faithful in small things. Be faithful in small things and you'll be master of much. You know, it may be just a small word, a small invitation in. You don't know what's at the other side of that small act. Listening to his voice. You don't know what's there and what's available. Remember Faye, many years ago now, working in Lloyd's TSB, and she shared this. She was working in Lloyd's TSB, and a, and a, a lady came to her one day, and she said, Faye, I want to talk to you about something that's really personal to me. Why did she go to Faye? Why didn't she share this with anybody else? I'll tell you why, because God sets people up with people. She began to tell Faye about how she couldn't conceive children. And, I mean, this lady um, was breaking her heart, breaking her heart over this, because every lady wants to conceive children. That's a, that's a, natural, a natural blessing from God that, that, you know, the labor's a bit of a question, but, right, every lady... Every lady, every mum, every wife wants to conceive. And, um, you know, Faye said to her, she said, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to ask Jesus right here to help you conceive a child. And that was a bit of a shock, right? But Faye prayed right there and then for her. And then, um, just in the weeks... Holy Spirit laid on her heart to get all of the scriptures about conceiving and about God blessing you with children. And uh, she, gave, she gave it 
to her and she said, look, read these. These are scriptures from the Bible about, you know, they're promises actually to us. Promises to you. Promises to me that, that God is making to you so that he can bless you. So she was really excited by that. She read them and read them. But then the time came where, you know, she, she did a pregnancy test. And again, you know, she, she discovered that she, was, she wasn't able to conceive. So she took the promises and ripped them up. And immediately she felt heavy in her heart. She went into work the next day and she began to cry to face. She said, I've done something terrible. I've ripped all those promises up. I'm really sorry. Please, can you print them out again for me? So Faye printed them back out. And then I think it was the next year she'd conceived. She'd conceived. Come on. You see, who knows? Who knows what can happen when you respond to the invitation that people give you that God sets up? Who knows what can happen with you and with me when we don't ignore those invitations, where we don't see those, incon- those invitations as an inconvenience, but like Jesus, we go forward into them. Amen? You may be here this morning. We're just going to close our eyes right now. And you may be here this morning. You don't know Jesus. You've never, never prayed a prayer. Well, he's inviting you this morning to receive blessing from him. He's inviting you this morning to receive the wonderful gift of salvation. He's, he's inviting you this morning to receive peace in your heart. And all you have to do is respond by saying, yes, Lord, I receive it. Yes, Jesus, I believe that you are my Savior. You died for me on the cross. I don't understand it all, but I believe that. While eyes are closed this morning, if that's you, and you would like me to pray with you, I want you quickly just to lift your hand up. I'll see it, then you can put it down, and we'll pray. If not, we... We'll move on. Is there one person here this morning? You want to pray? You want to ask Jesus into your heart this morning? Okay. Father, I thank you for your people today. Lord, I thank you. You know, Father, that we love you. You know, Lord, that we want to use our lives for your glory. Lord, as we go into this next week, we thank you that Every day, there's going to be new invitations from people for us to get involved in their lives. Maybe just an encouraging word. Maybe practical help. It may be that we reach out a hand and pray for them and see your peace established again in their hearts. Lord, I just pray that we would see these invitations and respond to them as you did. In Jesus' name. Let's stand to our feet.